God has been so wild lately. He doesn't seem to listen. He doesn't obey my commands, and we can't even bribe him with trees. He's gotten so out of hand, he may even have to be put down. God is not the problem here. The problem is the people who want to be the leader of the pack. We reintroduce God. We retrain people. You're listening to The God Whisperers. Welcome to the world-famous God Whispers. I'm Craig D'Onofrio. I'm Bill Swirlo. This is the flaming Pentecost edition of the God Whispers. <laughs> we will uh, and these are the... be mixing up some flaming fundagelicals That's right. later on in the show. This, this is the home of the flaming fundagelical. That's appropriate. Trademark. Pentecost fire trademark. Yeah. Registered. <laughs> we got a little Ramones here to kick things up. Flame on. I had to play the Ramones today because I'm wearing my Ramones t-shirt. You are. What does it say there? It says Johnny, Joey, Tommy, Dee Dee. Dee Dee. Dee Dee Ramone. Yeah. Where's Marky? A guy named Dee Dee. Isn't there Marky? Uh, I don't think so. No. Who's the, who's the John, only surviving Johnny Ramone? Who's the only surviving Ramone? Are they, is there a survivor now? Oh, I, I thought there were. I don't know. I, I was thinking maybe they were all... Gone. I'm not sure. <laughs> not, <laughs> not not much left there. You know, these guys got started back in 1974. Seriously, is that crazy? They're, they're doing like early punk rock. Somebody said they they rescued 74. They, they rescued rock and roll from the 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 dregs really of of despair. They had a gift for three chord songs. That's, <laughs> well, that's really really a gift. Something to be said for that. And and their drummer, uh, I can't remember which one was the drummer. I'm thinking it's Dee Dee, but I might be wrong. Uh, really much overlooked because he he could play these riffs so fast that it was just amazing. A lot of rock drummers mocked him, and then he said, "Okay, why don't you try it?" And they couldn't keep up. It was it was just kind well, of it was crazy. like Keith Moon of the Who. Of yeah, course, he was just high all he, the time. He couldn't keep time. <laughs> I, I think Pete Townsend said the, 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 that he kind of, the, the band just tried to stay in time, and whatever Keith Moon was doing, that was, that was fine. Yeah, you know, it really just, felt an end whistle to keep the time on the bass. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah now, yeah. now yeah, end whistle. by the way, was a phenomenal bassist. <laughs> it really was. He was something. It really So, the Flaming really Pentecost were. Edition, I'm Craig D'Onofrio. He's Bill Swirlo. All we that good are. stuff that we said. The Skype hotline, if you want to ever call us. Is Any, anything on Skype? 626-593-7713 or ManlyDurs13. Tabitha we, calling to complain about uh, the uh, the code violations Tabitha in the kitchen? Tabitha called, but you do have something over there, I think. I have something? You, no, maybe not. Nope, nothing. No. <laughs> okay, never mind. <laughs> that, line, that line is dead. Let's, let me try this. Uh, is that you know, Henning? This guy keeps calling with the same message, and uh, it, it's amazing. It's, <laughs> how come what? that's only in my left ear? That's only in my right ear. That's ama- One of us Whoa. has our headphones on. Wait a minute. Wait, wait a minute. It's in your left ear. It's in my right ear. Well, wow. Yeah. Wow. That means someone the, has the, their headphones on backwards. I, think. <laughs> I might be you, might be me. I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, I thought it I thought it meant that our brains had melded here. The the God whispers, <laughs> we are now of one mind. Uh, sharing two ears. You have the critical thinking. I have the creativity. I, I have the together. yeah. That's right. I, I you have the left ear. I have the right <laughs> ear. And they, they cross. So I've got the left brain. You've got the right brain. Right. And, right. and it all works out. Um, 
I think perhaps uh, if there's nothing on Skype, we should go to godwhispers at gmail.com mailbag. The mailbag. Formerly brought to you by Gold Bond. God Whispers Mailbag. Formerly brought to you by Gold Bond, who never sent us any T-shirts. We, we, need, we need bogus... Uh, we, we need bogus uh, advertisers like Garrison Keeler had, you know. Powder milk Powder biscuits. Powder milk biscuits. Yeah, yeah, we do. All right. Brought to you by the Fundagelical. Let's see. Oh, wait a minute. This is this is more Lemker than I bargained for here. All right, we're gonna we're gonna move that down. Go. Right. Okay, let's let me see here. My antiquated computer is not. Uh, it's not. Behaving. William, move your head. <laughs> it's not behaving. Itself Look at the here. size of that boy's head. I'm not kidding. It's like an orange on a toothpick. You better give the boy a compliment. What's well, that? What's, what's that noggin. from? That's a virtual planetoid. Has its own weather system. Jason, the greatest movie ever. Jason so Toomes writes, "Manly Doctors of Divinity." I've been a, I've been binge listening to the God Whispers. Don't. How many times have we warned people? <laughs> don't do it. I know my fault, my own fault, my own most grievous fault. Nice mea culpa there. You know okay. what? I feel like like Sandoz Pharmaceuticals when they invented LSD. Is like, don't abuse this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, but we've, we've created this, but. Don't don't binge on it. But it dawned on me, dawned d o n n e d, as it were. Not dawned d a w n e d. It dawned on like as in dawn. We now are gay All apparel. Right. Stop being the grammar and spelling Nazi. Let's, that's what, let's it, get on to the content. That's here. Tabitha's job, <laughs> as you will recall. Yes, you got you got chastised. Yeah, whatever. Severely. Anyway, um, I'm not letting her push me around. She can push you around, but <laughs> yeah. my wife's the same size. So I can I can deal with it. You I know can how handle this works. that. Yeah, that's Don Don should record. Oh Don, our Don. Oh yes, remember D A W N. Yeah, it's Donned and Dawn, and it should have been Donned and Dawn. Dawn should record. <laughs> Do we even know where Dawn is? No, I'm thinking uh, if we go some trolling biker some bar. biker bars yeah, we, in South Orange County, exactly. We might, yeah, we might we, be able to find. Well, her, wasn't her husband into a custom? Custom design. I think motorcycles. it was custom bikes and trucks or something. Yeah, like kind of like yeah. Orange County Chopper. Yeah, yeah, those guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and he invented supposedly. I, I think he invented like some medical device at one time. <laughs> a medical device. I, yeah, based on a Harley Chopper. It, it was like a prosthetic sixth finger. Or so, I don't remember what it was. Nice. Dawn should record a new homeschooler alert along the lines of sorry the preceding segment contained a homeschooler alert it's kind of, it's kind of a retrospective homeschooler alert um sorry the preceding segment contained a homeschooler alert this would be used after the realization that a homeschooler alert should have been used previously attention the following segment contains a homeschooler alert she did it so well well, you know, if we could just move that into the past tense, we, we would... Contained. We would so, in, in, uh, a great suggestion, Jason. Appreciate it. Keep up the eating, drinking, and being merry. Thank you. <sighs> it's getting lean here. Tom, <laughs> Tim. Wow. T- Tim, Tim writes, uh, Manly Doctors, uh, I'm writing to ask you about the manly application of gold bond. Yes. Is it, is it straight gold bond or is it another product? Well, I would have said straight gold bond in the past. <laughs> but since we were promised T-shirts that are, we have, have Are, are we going to advocate the generic product now? There, there's a generic out there. It if, comes in the, same, in the same sort of orange bottle as the original You gold can go bond. to the dollar store, the 99-cent store. Yes. And it's pretty much the same exact thing. Except... Uh, I've, I, I have. You think it's a little more menthol-y. I, I, th- I think it has. Are you sure uh, you're not using the foot powder I, on, well, on the, uh, I tell you, the um, gentle parts there? I'll tell you, a friend of mine uh, loaned, loaned me some of that once. at a, We were at a conference, you know, and, and uh, it was summer. Uh-huh. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, boy, it packed a lot of menthol, cooling menthol vapors, I'm telling you. A lot of times and when. I was, uh, I was doing like a dance. 
when I'm running low on deodorant, yeah. I'll just kind of splash it on the old armpits too, and it it, it does a good gold job. Gold bond, with deodorant. gold yeah. bond in the armpits. Yeah, it does does a nice um, uh, keeping you dry. So he asks, is it straight gold bond? I didn't know there was like a, a gay gold bond. I just, <laughs> just a little bond. No, no homeschooler alert required for this one. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, good thing I already hit that. Yeah, no, that's right. We're covered. Covered by the. Oh wait, hold it. Hold it, hold it. Let's what, see. What, what, hold the bus right here. I like your style, dude. <laughs> Thank you. Um, let's see. From Kirsty, our Spanish friend. Ah, yes. Or our American friend living in Spain. Or our uh, expatriate uh, friend living in Spain. The rain in Spain, it falls... Mainly, Mainly on, on the plane. plane. It's That's a, what I'm told. Hey, GWs is a little surreal and disturbing to hear my name mentioned. How boring for the audience, she says. Gifts are just fun to give. I guess he's referring to our, our tasting of the nougat from, uh, from the Basque region, yes. along with that beverage. Uh, I never was visiting as a groupie, she says. Uh, it's really just been nice over the years to hear your voices and thoughts in this faraway place when I didn't have anyone to talk to about theological things and bacon apparently you have no idea how lutheran radio has helped me this unlike the people who complain that we're seinfeldian i might add bond james bond there see we're very so i really appreciated the sightseeing and just being normal people around us despite the odd circumstances mia thinks you two are tops that's her daughter ah we're real popular. If, if there had been more time, you would have gotten tired of the relentless theological questions that I have. And she was talkative. I would. What a special friend you are. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, wish I could have met your wives, too. I think well, that was for Kirsty, not for you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. special friend. I'm thanking on behalf of her. Well, the, no, the special friend, I'm saying. Never mind. Just another day in the neighborhood. I'm both and I'm a both and listener who enjoys theological acuity, meandering as it may be, and understands that sometimes flarp is necessary too. Now, this is the kind of listener we're right. looking for. This is okay, it. this stands in contra- in, in, in in contradiction to the 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 riffraff that has been coming in from Table Talk Radio criticizing the GW for their lack of content. We like high IQ silly people. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who appreciate good flarp now and then. And and I have this heard is, rumor is true. somebody suggested that that you or I flarped a Nagel that sermon. That is a bald-faced lie. I would never desecrate a Nagel sermon no. with flarp. No. One of your sermons Maybe. Okay, I'm, I'm just saying. It's possible. Do you ever fart in the chancel? Uh, mm, I'm not going to answer that question. Sometimes the grounds I just let them rip. During, during a hymn especially, oh, sometimes I just See, let it rip. I, that's, that's oversharing. Yeah. You've, well, it's you've, you've it's especially cool when you got a vicar and you can leave a vapor trail for him, so that's awesome. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I like this. I respect you both immensely, Craig. Ah. Are you two people or what? Uh, I'm large enough for two. I respect you both immensely, Craig. Not Craig and Bill, just Craig. Thank it's you. nice to meet people with similar backgrounds because not everybody can believe what you've been through in the church. Also, the Napoli connection is kind of special. And Napoli. When the moon hits your eye. Do you have that? Like a big pizza pie at Zamore. She says there are traditionally two types of turon, the kind that breaks your teeth or the kind that you got. My teeth, thank you. Um, in practice, I got too many crowns to be chewing on anything that breaks your teeth. In practice, turon is a large umbrella term covering confectionaries ranging from slabs of chocolate with almonds or puffed rice. We call that... Uh, uh, Nestle's Crunch Bar here, to flavored white chocolate, to something akin to almond brittle, to cream and yolks, to what I gave you, which is my personal favorite, which was very good. That was that almond egg and honey concoction. That was good. Uh, very enjoyable. The region is pronounced somewhat akin to hijona with a gargling Spanish J. Hijona, <laughs> uh, yes. Glad you enjoyed it. Peace in Christ. Kirsty and Mia. Thank you, Kirsty, again for all that fine food and for our visit. Wow, I, I type in my iTunes was very Amore, enjoyable. and this is what I get. Some disco. Not right. What the heck is that? Wait a minute, Craig, Craig, Craig. Yes. We have we have um I can't believe I don't our have com- Amore. Our either. composer in residence. 
Yes. Uh, Jason Caspar, the runner-up in the Fundagelical Drink Contest. If anything happens to Tabitha, Jason will be crowned the God Whispers <laughs> no, champion. Oh, nothing's going to happen to Tabitha. And you will be touring your local town. The, funda- the Flaming Fundagelicals immortalized regardless of what happens to Tabitha. So it's not like a beauty contest? No, 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 no. It, and, and it's not like the Stanley Cup where the, the Fundagelical is going on tour anytime soon. Although I would suggest, Craig, that, that wherever wherever it's allowed by local custom and law, as well as code, uh, we should have a flaming fundagelical always lit, like the eternal flame. Oh, I like the yeah, idea. Or the Olympic torch. Maybe what we could do is just get some of the, uh, the fuel gelatin colored <laughs> colored red yeah right so he just but but here's a you know now now jason's been known to uh he he does a lot in the the four-part harmony uh barbershop quartet style uh he he's he's done 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 a number of pieces for us in fact uh we are planning to compile uh a, a special anthology of his his work including the nasal bagpipe uh, thank the Lord and sing his praise, which, uh, um, in case you're not. <laughs> this makes me smile every time I hear it. That's really well done, that and is, including that's, that's, the, that's quality, right the collapse of the bag. Who, who said that we play bad music? Who, who said this? Maybe, they, maybe it was the Mrs. Miller episodes. That's, that, Mrs. Miller is not bad music. That's blasphemy. It's our saint. You do not talk anyway, smack about anyway, Mrs. Miller. Anyway, um, Jason has composed a piece based on your newly christened slogan, uh, which looks very nice in the new banner head next yes. to the flaming fundagelical, right, yes. helping believers drink and drinkers believe. Right. So here's here's it's, this is short. This could qualify as a ringtone, I think. But ooh, but uh, ooh, I like that. Here, I, here we go. Yeah. So this is Jason Caspar, composer in residence for the God Whispers. Helping believers drink and drinkers Beautiful. Nice discordant. Nice, nice uh, hanging whatever at the end there. Was that a sixth or something? I don't know my harmonizations that was, that was, well enough. Wow. It was, it was different is what it was. I, I want to hear that again. Helping believers drink and drinkers believe. Beautiful. Beautiful. Guy's got talent. You know that that and uh, a computer home studio and you're you're often sky's right. the limit there. Right so. there. You know, I I, I want to kill two birds with one stone here. I, I like birds, so we're not going to be killing them. Let's just I like stun to them. stun two birds okay, with yeah. one right. with one. Uh, let's say Super Bowl because okay. that's that's right, easier right. than. Don't but kill birds. I feel bad that the the it, it was said amore. And I didn't have Dean Martin's Amore, and I, I just feel bad. And also the the story that we don't play good music here, and and so I just I just want to address that. Yeah, are you, are you going to issue this a corrective? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So right. I I just want to. This is this is to the letters that we were getting that we our show consists simply of booze banter. Bacon and bad music. I'm very, I'm, I'm just sensitive to this whole thing because <laughs> I pick most of the music here. You do. You you are the disc jockey in residence. And so I I, I just want to share this with you. Okay. My name is John Dacre. Lord is risen today. Oh my. Now, you, you may be thinking, what does this have to do with Amore? You'll find out in a second. This is the immortal John Dacre. And what goes better with Jesus Christ is risen today? Yeah, it's a natural. 
I've often heard these in tandem. You really need to see it on YouTube. Because he's got a stunned look on his face. Is he playing the piano too? No, no. Okay. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> this is like American Idol. It's fantastic. <laughs> the early uh, segments. You're in love. When you know that you feel to me, but you see back in old Napoli. There's your Napoli. There. I hope that we've settled this once and for all. Wow. That we play quality music here. Christ the Lord is risen today and amore <laughs> in a medley. The introduction that I skipped over is, is also priceless. I, I know people want to see this, and it's been around a little bit, but if you go on YouTube and put in John Daker, D-A-K-E-R, and and you'll be amazed. It's truly, truly Magnificent. One, uh, I have one more letter here from the mailbag here is while we're catching up from uh, our friend Aaron Kreuter. I think he's, uh, if, uh, I don't have the stack here right now, but I think he's one of the entrants in the uh, Fundagelical Drink Contest. He was the guy who uh, proposed that we, we, uh, we uh, fill our mouths with pop rocks. Remember that one? I thought that was one of Walt's submissions. No, that wasn't Walt. No, I think this was, it was Aaron's. I, 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 I have it here, but I don't want to... I thought that was Walt trying to kill us. First, following up on my entry, yes, my entry into your Fundagelical Drink Contest, I wanted to commend you for your prudence in refraining from trying the Fundagelical in your mouth. Will 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 that will that be going into our um our our drink book, the fundagelical in your mouth, with the with the the warning, do not try this. This is this. no. You know why? Because it's much like that picture of Obama with a shotgun, where the White House sent it out was saying, "Do not Photoshop this." Yes, right. And everybody immediately yeah. showed, photoshopped yeah. it. Yeah, I imagine it could be as damaging to your body as fundagelicalism could be to your soul. Burn, he writes. More importantly, and the actual reason I'm writing, good, I'm glad you got down to that, is in a recent episode you discussed the idea of refraining from Holy Communion if you don't have access to a called pastor, more or less. Uh, I'm not sure there is a more or less called pastor. You either are or you aren't. Or maybe that's more or less what we said. Okay. I understood the reasoning behind your conclusions, but there's one point that I'm still a bit fuzzy on. You say it's better to simply not have the Lord's Supper if there's no pastor to administer, and you cited Luther in support of that idea. But is there any biblical justification for this? I can understand the difference you discussed between baptism and communion. Baptism is the genesis of faith. Communion comes later. But still, communion plays an essential role in the life and the faith of a Christian. My question concisely, is there any biblical justification for the idea that a Christian layman should not never give communion communion to another Christian layman, or perhaps I'm misunderstanding something. Apologize, this is lengthy. Sometimes I get long-winded. I suffer from the regrettable condition of being an attorney. And they tell me that attorneys aren't known for being concise. After all, we do get paid by the hour. So that guy that uh, d- developed this uh, this this fundagelical in your mouth drink is an attorney. He should know. He's obviously not involved in litigation. Yeah, I'm going to say he's he's exposed himself to a lot of uh, (laughs) liability here, potentially. If nothing else, creating what amounts to an attractive nuisance. You know know what an attractive nuisance is, don't you? I've seen a few. They're cute. (laughs) Yeah, right. No, this is this is where you have like a you can't argue that uh, that it's it's not your fault that the kids the neighborhood kid fell into your pool ah, yes. because the pool is itself a unattractive nuisance and so so it it's it's bound to attract trouble. P.S. I don't care what the others say about no doubt and the rest of your intro outro music. I think it's grand. So there, thank you, a fan. Yes, a fan. Let's talk about this briefly. We got about five four and a half minutes or so. All right. the, uh, this business of uh, no pastor, no communion. We want to we want to revisit that a little bit. Uh, sure, you know, this why came not? up with the the anti Santa down in Antarctica. Right now, on some some tropical island, uh, sipping mai tais on the beach. 
Um, he, now, does, he does travel. Luther refers to this in his letter to the Bohemians? Yeah, 1523 on the, on the, the institution of the ministry in 1523. Right. It's, it's a, basically a private letter to the Senate at Prague. Uh, but there he just simply advised if you can't get a, a properly called and ordained pastor, then just, you know, families take care of themselves and uh, um, basically, you know, baptize your kids. But right. no communion. However, you got to keep following Luther all the way through on that. Uh, basically, he, he he says that if you can get a group of families, I think he said 10, which is kind of an arbitrary number. Uh, I think that was the minimum quorum for a synagogue was 10 households or 10 heads of household, something like that. But anyway, if you can get uh, 10, 10 or so families together and basically be a congregation, call somebody from your midst to do that task, to, to fill that office. Right. Um, and so, so uh, I, I think that there's there's not a sort of no for the rest of your life. It's just no, reestablish the ministry in your midst and, and carry on. You, you don't have to have a guy who went to St. Louis or Fort Wayne. You don't have to have any of these things. You know, we have these alternate routes of S&P and all these other things, which give me a lot of consternation in their and, own and right. And constipation. And too. constipation, too. But, but, but that's least, education and training. At though. least when you see the SMP ordination, at least they're ordained. Right. It, it, that's so, right. So whereas the education that they might be getting is not that great, at least there's a recognition that we need an ordained man here so that one is called to give the gifts rightly. And and I think in, it, a lot depends. The, this, the, the answer to this question depends entirely on circumstances. Yeah. Too. Uh, let, let's let's take like uh, what was that? What was that survival show where they all survived? The was that Lost? Where they're all on an oh, island? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So, lost, so, yeah. So, so take take that situation where you got a bunch of people thrown together by fate. They're on an island. They just they're, they're there was all... actually a priest that went down on the plane with them. Well, let's, which was kind of let's you know, say there wasn't, and okay. then he got killed. Yeah, okay. Well, that, yeah. But anyway, let's say there wasn't. Or he even was if, a bad guy before. Even if there was, it would kind of confuse the issue. Let's say let's say there wasn't. Let's okay. say there that a bunch of the people on this island are believers, or the or that the few believers that are. Um, evangelize the others and they all become believers and so you got a, a you know bunch of believers on an island no pastor no nothing you know they are gathered together in that time and place they are a church they're a congregation so they should call somebody in their midst uh to to administer the gifts to them i think it's as simple as that but i think the question here is why do you need a pastor to do this well and and that's okay that, that that's fair enough is there he's looking for biblical Kind of a biblical footing on that. I would I would go this way: uh, Who did to whom did Jesus give the institution of the Lord's Supper? On the night he was betrayed, he had his apostles. Yeah, okay, and not other... not the larger company of disciples. He had his twelve, his apostles, in front of him, and so you have to view them as as a both and. They are both church and ministry as one. They're not just simply church. They, they, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't consider the 12 apostles as simply being disciples only, but they're disciples and apostles together. Have you ever heard anyone make the assertion that the women were there also? I've heard all kinds of speculation. I, I don't know where they get that assertion from. But sum up the accounts, uh, in, especially in the synoptics, which give you the context, and, he, and he's there with his 12. Right. And uh, in fact, I think Luke, Luke calls them the apostles in, the, in, that, in that section. But, but the idea is he is both instituting the supper and entrusting the ministry of that supper to his apostles at that moment. So when he says, do this for my remembrance or do this in remembrance of me, it's not simply a general command to all Christians to do it. It's a command to the church's ministry to see that it's done, to do these things and administer this in this way. We'll get into this a little bit more on the backside. We'll be back. This is Paul Flo. Sometimes I like to look up in the sky And throw my cares to the breeze The clouds are floating on their way Still long enough and to think That you are floating away too Into the blue Into the blue, peaceful blue. The peace of 
she's falling Watching all the people walking down the streets, speeding along. Yeah, no time to enjoy the world like when we were boys and girls. No patience for sailing. It's a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring. Don't they make antibiotics for that? <laughs> Bound well, my love becomes desire. a burning thing. <laughs> I fell into a ring of fire. I fell into a burning ring of fire. I went down, 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 and the flames went higher, and it burns, 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 the ring of fire, the ring of fire. Welcome back to the God Whispers, the special Pentecost edition, (laughs) the ring of fire. This is, I just typed fire into my search engine on my iTunes, and this is what I got pretty much. That's, (laughs) if if you've never heard... um, Sarah Vole from This American Life uh, do do this um, do the history of, of this song. It's 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 really worthwhile. It's on YouTube actually. It, it's it's and uh, it's called um, an American love story. I think the story of June. June Carter Cash and Johnny Cash, and uh, it, it's it's really really good. Sarah Vol is a great essayist, and I, I enjoy listening to her. She's one of my muses, actually. Uh, really, know, my one of my writing muses. Um, I, I have I have several. I, I may have mentioned them before. I can't remember if I have or not. But uh, I don't know. Uh, Nagel and Corby for theology mostly. All right, um, and and then. Uh, Anthony Bourdain. Ladies and gentlemen, I always Here. sing this song for June Carter. This is a little bit of cerebral. Oh, uh, I may be French. What are you doing? That's not going to work. Leave this to the pros, would you? <laughs> oh, she was cute when she was young, man. Wow. Yeah. Johnny Cash and June Carter Cash. Is the greatest love story of the 20th century. The first time Johnny saw June, he was on his high school senior class trip to Nashville, and she was on stage at the Grand Ole Opry, singing with her famous relatives, the Carter family, and cracking jokes with Ernest Tubb. Years later, in 1961, the Opry was where they would meet. They were backstage, and Johnny went up to June and told her, You and I are going to get married someday. He was already she married. laughed and told them that she couldn't wait. I'm guessing that when Cash went home that night, he didn't mention this to Vivian, his wife. <laughs> <laughs> Not long after that, June joined Johnny's road show, and they were traveling around the country together on tour. His wife mostly stayed home, and so did her husband. But June Carter was a lady. A solid, accomplished, well-meaning Christian professional. <laughs> and no solid, well-meaning Christian pro willingly falls in love with another woman's husband. Yeah. Especially if he's a pill-popping speed freak like Johnny Cash was back then. <laughs> pill-popping speed freak. Years later, June would describe falling in love with Johnny this way. I felt like I had fallen into a pit of fire and I was literally burning alive. So June, who had been a professional musician since she was as tall as a ukulele, called her songwriting partner Merle Kilgore and they wrote about June's forbidden feelings for cash. (laughs) It was a song straight out of Dante. They gave it to June's not particularly Dante-esque sister Anita who recorded it as Love's Ring of Fire. Love is a burning thing, and it makes a fiery ring, bringing hurt to the heart's desire, 
nowhere as good as John Dacre. Oh, this is Anita Carter. John Dacre's way better. <laughs> it's kind of classic, though. I mean, this is a classic sound. Yeah, it is. But this is the original of that. I, I want to do a cool Exotica version of this with vibes. I think you could do something really cool. Johnny Cash heard Anita Carter's record, and then one night he had a dream. He dreamed of mariachi horns playing the song. (laughs) Some say it was the influence of the then-popular Tijuana Brass. Others say it was the barbiturates he took before bed to take the edge off the amphetamines. <laughs> the barbiturates Either to take way, the edge off the amphetamines. Johnny Cash went into the studio with a couple of trumpet players and made his dream come true. There we go. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I don't know why that's still playing. Are, are, oh, I hit I hit that with my <laughs> elbow. Wow, <laughs> you're almost on the same part. That was weird. That's um, that's a little little. Uh, that's a few minutes of Sarah Vol's essay on Ring of Fire. She it, has a really irritating voice. It's totally irritating. <laughs> it, it it sounds like some seventh grader reading their what I did during my summer vacation <laughs> essay, but her words are so good. She, she is a gifted writer. She has an she has another essay that I love is is something like lessons I learned. While in high school marching band, <laughs> and these are just these are priceless. But uh, if, if if just Google Sarah Vole Ring of Fire. How do you spell her last name? V o w e l l vowel vowel. Yeah, but yeah. I think she says vowel. That's fine. But uh, but it's it's this American life uh, is 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 where that was. A friend of mine tipped me off on that, and and I I, I just love I love that. The, <laughs> it's it's her forbidden love, and and the story behind that that the you know that song is just it, because it's it's vintage cash. Oh yeah, you know just. Yeah, it's good stuff. Well, speaking of Ring of Fire and... and, well, and wait, wait. We, we left <laughs> off... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. And we, we were talking about the, the doctrine of the ministry when it comes to the Lord's Supper. Right. And, and you, you, you mentioned that uh, in the upper room when Christ instituted the Lord's Supper, he gave it to his 12, although some people like to insinuate a bunch of other people that I don't think that there's a record of them being there. Um, Insinuations will get you nowhere, I'm afraid. <laughs> Yeah, so, uh, but I have heard people emphatically declare, well, wait, 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 the women were there too. Well, how do you know? Well, who was serving? I, I don't know. How, how do you know? It wasn't one of the 12 or 12 of the 12? I don't know. Uh, so Christ Here, instituted know, the- it and gave it directly to the 12 and gave it to them to give. I, I right? uh, just, just a little bit. Of, I did a little checking here. It, at least in Luke, Luke twenty two fourteen, when the hour came, he sat at a table and the apostles with him. Yeah. Not the disciples, the apostles. The they, sent ones. A, a lot of, a lot of, yeah, a lot of people kind of gloss over this is that, that when you look at the followers of Jesus, there's the crowds and these are kind of undifferentiated. These are, you know, the, the people bringing the sick and the demonized and all that. They're the disciples and a disciple is a follower. One, one who follows a teacher, a learner. And then there are apostles, and a, an, a, an apostle, apostolus, is one who is sent with authority. Right. Uh, it, it actually harkens back to a Hebrew office of authorized representative, shaliach, shalach, to send. And so, so the idea was, these are ones who would be sent with his authority. So to whom did he entrust the sacraments, baptism, the Lord's Supper? The apostles, so even in Matthew right. twenty-eight, it's it's the eleven who are on the mount, right, right. not not the whole company of disciples. Oh, but the women were there. <laughs> we always want to get the I women there. The women were not there. And in fact, if you if you buy into this connection of authorized representative and shaliach, then woman wouldn't a woman wouldn't wouldn't work in this because in in Hebrew society, a woman could not legally represent a man. Right. A right. man could represent a woman, but a woman could not legally represent a man. Well, you, you brought in Matthew 28 to this, and I think a lot of people fall into the pit of misunderstanding exousia versus dynamis, the, the power versus the authority. Uh, because in American culture, when we hear authority, we think of power. We do. No, that's right. So, you know, the police are the authority. Why do they have authority? Because they have a badge and a gun. Yeah. That's why they have the authority. Although exousia comes from excestin, which means it is permitted. Right. And so, so authority is really permission by, given by another. So, so Jesus says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Well, who, where did he get it from? 
the father from the father the right. father authorizes the son to be the savior of the world essentially right um, and entrust to him all things in heaven and earth uh, in the same way Jesus as the father has sent me so I am sending you right and so with he, this authority right and so and so he breathes on them says receive the Holy Spirit the sins you forgive are forgiven the sins you retain are retained so he gives them the authority of the forgiveness of sins. Um, I would define it this way. Exousia is permission. Right. Authority is permission. You, you took the words out of my mouth. And it, but it's permission there. to exercise power. But the power is the power of God to salvation, the gospel, the power of, you know, there, there has to be power somewhere. Otherwise, there's no movement. There's nothing happening. But the gospel is the power of God to salvation. The policeman has the authority to take your life. He's got a loaded gun and permission to use it. Right. But society, the government, the people have permitted him, he has a permit to carry this weapon and permission to use it in service of peace. Hopefully. Well, that, I mean, that's the idea. <laughs> if he doesn't, he's accountable for that. Right. That's the other, that's the other side of authority. You are accountable for your actions. You, you, you have specific res- responsibilities, and you are accountable for those responsibilities. See, one of the things that I, I notice here also that occurs on a regular basis is that the pastor is the steward of the gifts. He's the maitre d' of the restaurant. And it's almost like going to the five-star restaurant and you're wearing a nice button-down shirt and slacks and you're jealous of the maitre d' because he's wearing a tuxedo. But he's there to serve you. And so the pastor is there also to serve you in this capacity. The pastor brings you gifts... And you are the honored one who gets to participate and, and receive the gifts. Exactly. Well, that's good. Although I'd shift the analogy from the mater D, who's the guy that greets you at the front and hands you the menu, to the actual table server. Well, okay. Because, and here's why. Because I think you're on the right track. Is that you as The bishop's a, the mater D? <laughs> you, you as the patron can't go... You're not permitted to go through those double doors into the kitchen. Right. I mean, you ever try that sometime? You want to go to the bathroom, but you make a wrong turn. You know, they said, they said down the hall to the right. And, and why you know, does the cook always have the meat cleaver in his hand? Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> what are you doing in here? You know, there's a lot of people who don't speak English with sharp knives. I'm getting a little nervous, you know. But 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 you, you made a left instead of a right, and you end up, and you're in the kitchen. And it, yeah. it's like one of those, and everybody just kind of looks like at you. It's like walking into an operating room. When they're in the middle of surgery. A, yeah. yeah. Now, and, and we've all seen the door in various applications, authorized personnel only. Right. There it is. If you do not have authority, permission, you can't come in here. So what does the waiter do is he goes into the kitchen and he, he receives the food from the chef who's prepared it and he brings it to your table that he may serve you. Right. Uh, server. Servant, yeah, minister, yep. That's what that's what the yeah, pastor. The pastor has the authority to take the gifts of Christ and deliver them to Christ's people, and right. Christ's people are on the receiving end of that service. It's almost and he does though, it in the stead and by the command of Christ Himself. In this age of celebrity chef, it's almost as though it's more fantastic to cook the food than to eat the food. <laughs> well, you know, Luther said that in the Lord's Supper, Christ is both chef and food. Yes, um, and in, in that sense, that, that, that's true. Um, and the Spirit is, of course, involved, too, in terms of where the Word is in action. The Spirit is there. But, but the office of the ministry is an office of, of service. It's the divine service where, where Christ serves his people through the one he has sent. And the sending is call and ordination. Um, and so that's why individual Christians don't just kind of, you know, you and I sitting here at my kitchen table, you know, gee, Craig, we should have a Lord's Supper. I've oh, got some bread. I've got plenty of wine. I've got a whole cooler full of wine. <laughs> we're not short on bread and wine. And yet, and we're both pastors, but we wouldn't do that. No. Because this, we are not a congregation. Likewise, I often feel awkward at circuit meetings when everyone insists on having communion. I do too. But the church isn't involved. That's right. I do too. I that it's like it's like gee, when clergy get together, we we have this. Oh, you know, well, we can do the Lord's Supper. Let's have a Lord's Supper here. You I know, don't, we're don't, at, we're at the beach. Why not? I you don't know? like that. I don't either. Because, because the context really is the family entrusted to our care. Yeah. The flock that we have been made overseers of. Acts twenty. You know, and, and your flock and my flock, it's not the same. We're in fellowship, that's true, but it's not the same flock. I belong with my flock, you belong with yours. And, and those are the ones to whom 
we have been entrusted with responsibility to feed and tend the lambs and sheep that belong to the Lord. Now, a whole other topic, and I think we've talked about this in, in not too distant past, is uh, the pastor being communed by the elders. Yeah, it's a matter of distribution. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things is, is you know, you're, you, how do you show this office? Uh, how do you show this authority? I, I don't see the police officer kind of you know, handing his gun to a, a civilian and say, would you take care of this? I got to grab a donut. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. it's not happening. Right. You're thinking, what the heck? I'm taking down his badge number. Right. I'm going to report him. Right. And, and in the same way, you know, I mean, th- this idea that uh, you know, I can just kind of, you know, slough off my authority on somebody else. I heard about a church, I won't even say where, where the pastor plays bass in the praise band. And he consecrates the elements, hands it off to the uh, elders of the church, and goes and plays bass during communion. <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. At which you... point, I I had some profane language to uh, express my displeasure with this and called him an idiot. Oh, he dropped. A, did you drop an F bomb? I will neither confirm nor uh, deny that. Oh yeah, that was yeah. A, that's that's precisely what it's for. The that's not even profane, is it? That that F bomb. F bomb is fit profane. Under profanity. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's profane. But you're not profaning God's name or anything. No. No, that would be blasphemy. Yeah, blasphemy. We don't want to engage in. But getting back to this, though, uh, I I don't I, I have trouble with short shrifting the distribution, as though all you, you know your whole job is to say the words abracadabra and then we're done and and then you know we can let we can let flunkies distribute. No, I, I don't know about you, but it's probably the most profound pastoral act I do with most people on a regular basis. Yes, is giving them the body and the blood of Christ and saying for you there. I know a few things more intimate, except maybe private confession and absolution. That would be another one. Yeah. But that, that's, it's fitting into the same office. Right. You know, yeah. we call it the office of the keys. It's the office entrusted with the authority of the keys to exercise them for the benefit and on behalf of the whole church. But it's, it's, a, it's like it's community property. That's the reason you and I don't have a communion here. The Lord's Supper, baptism... The, the the preached forgiveness, that's community property. Right. And so it's not ours to do with whatever we please. It's not any individual Christians to do with whatever they please. I, I like the way that Nagel would talk about this with the Corpus Mysticum and the Corpus Verum, that you don't have the body of Christ as a church without the body and blood of Christ on the altar, and vice versa. Yeah, the, the two, and, and what so is it, Corpus Mysticum? Is, is the, the church, church. Corpus Verum. Is the very body and blood and of Christ. And they are inextricably tied together. Yeah, yeah, so you don't have one without the other. Now, I know a lot of this, for the, for the point of people looking for Bible passages, is lacking that kind of, that well, clincher. Well, 1 Corinthians 10 and 11. But that, no, that, but that clincher Bible verse that says oh, you, you have to have you a pastor. Have a pastor, yeah. But you have to understand that our whole understanding of pastoral office, of the pastoral office is kind of, it's derived from the actions of Christ and the apostles. That's so much what they said, but how they did what they did. Right. And so Jesus is not with his family. He's not with his extended group of disciples. He's with the apostles when he institutes the Lord's Supper and commands them, do this for my remembrance. He's not with the whole bunch of disciples, but he's with the 11 when he says, make disciples by baptizing and teaching. And, you know, does that mean it's given to the clergy only? No. It, what it means is that the church executes this through the office of the ministry. Yeah, there's, there's a conduit. And going back to the police officer, it, it's not vigilanteism. There's an office that enforces the law. Yeah, it would be if you go and grab your gun from the, the, gun, the gun locker, load her up, and go do a little law enforcement just on the side. You know, well, you're kind yeah. of bored on a Wednesday evening, and so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to enforce some law here. Although in some states, he needed shooting is a good defense. <laughs> <laughs> and who's to argue, really? Really? Well, there is such thing as a citizen's arrest. Yes. And so, but how does that work? When there is no peace officer around and you need to detain somebody because something really heinous is going on here. I've seen this on the you know the shows about guns and, and and stuff like that where somebody's been robbed and he's got the perpetrator at gunpoint face down in the gravel of his driveway. 
Right. And and he calls the cops. And he's, so he's holding the guy, and he's got a shotgun to his head, and the guy's not moving. And the, the cop comes, gets out of his car, and says, George, put the gun down now. It's okay. You, you put know? your hands on top of your head and get on the ground, too. No, 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 no. This isn't a, this isn't a civilized state. Where, where, oh, you mean where the cops actually know you? And, and, yeah. and they think it's a good idea that you, you actually detained a criminal. Okay. Uh, no, in fact, the, the so one— So this would not occur in California? No. Well. <laughs> no. Okay. And you would be arrested, and the other guy— I would go free, and he would sue you. Uh, absolutely, yeah. but but no. In, in this in this scenario that I saw, uh, the the you know the, the the cop gets out of the car and basically says, you know, George, uh, you can you know it's it's look, I'm here, it's looking good. Put the gun down. Now, if George doesn't put the gun down, he's he's entering a different world at this point. Yeah. But you know, it's because at the moment the authorities arrive, then his limited authority. It has ceased. So, and and here's where we get into There's this. your emergency Is baptism. Your emergency right baptism and your absolution. Yes, your, that's your right. Proclamation of the gospel to one another, the forgiveness of sins. Um, so you do have those in an emergency basis. But there's no command to receive communion unto salvation. Is there? Not like baptism. I don't know. It's 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 hard to debate that. Do he this... who believes in his baptized will be saved, but yeah. it doesn't say he who is baptized and communed will be saved. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, no, there is no such verse like that. That's true. Uh, yeah. You know, there's do this in my in remembrance of me, which is not kind of an optional thing. There's for often as you eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That sort of suggests that if you're not, then you're not. Right. <laughs> uh, but there is no sense of, of dire emergency in that. Right. In the Augustinian example, the sinking ship, they didn't go and have communion. Right. One baptized the other, the other absolved the former, and the ship sank. They were dead. That was it. Yeah. End of story. Roll the credits. We're all done here. <laughs> You know, if they if they if they survive and they wash up on dry ground, business as usual. Go right. to the church. Uh, you know, have have that baptism acknowledged in some fashion if you can. If you can't, then baptize them for certain. I won't say for real, just for certain, and uh, and proceed with the communion. Right. So, when the funeral comes around, and you are given to preach about this person's salvation and. Uh, you, you proclaim Martha was a baptized Christian. She received the promise of salvation through the waters of holy baptism. You may also say she delighted in receiving the Lord's Supper. Absolutely. But, but that's not where that surety of salvation lies. And I think that's one of the problems that I run into is that people are equating the food of life to the life-giving act sometimes. So they're, they're equating baptism and the Lord's Supper and I understand both are terribly important, and I would never deny communion, uh, but if someone is baptized on their deathbed, we, we have the assurance of salvation. If someone is communed on their deathbed but not baptized, there's, there's an issue. Dr. Nagel always, you know, and I don't want to be backed into a corner of like comparing one with the other or making one a superior gift to the other, et cetera, et cetera. But I remember Dr. Nagel always talking about well, what's the proprium? What, what is unique of one gift that you get right. nowhere else? Yep. In, in baptism, rebirth and renewal. Right. It's your it's your heavenly birth, spiritual birth from above, and it's a washing of regeneration and renewal. So it's washing away of sins and rebirth by the Holy Spirit. What's the unique gift in the Lord's Supper? Body and blood of Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Right. Uh, and you just don't you don't compare the two. Now you know in the question here, the and I th- I'm not sure context is all important. You know, somebody says, "Can I have the Lord's Supper at home?" My first question is, "Is there a church nearby?" Okay. Is there a congregation right. nearby that 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 confesses the Lord's Supper correctly, that administers the body and blood of Christ according to his institution? If there is, then no. So there are Episcopalians who confess very much what we do right. in the Lord's Supper. Right, right. If there was no Lutheran church in the area and there was an Orthodox Episcopalian church, would you then say, go there? Would I? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Okay. I mean, yeah, I think I, I, I th- think I think I would be you have to make more per- likely to do that than say go to the Roman Catholics. But I, still, I might even go to the Roman Catholics. So I, I'm not going to go to a place that denies the body and blood of Christ or deny you know the, the, or doesn't have bread and wine for that matter. Then I'm out of luck. 
Now the question is, what do you do then? Let's say you're let's say you're in one of these remote places. I mean, Lutherans are few and far between, yep. and even uh, you know reasonably orthodox Anglicans are hard to find sometimes. True. So what do you do? Uh, what do you what do you do if it's your family or just you and a few families or something? And that's it. That's the extent of it. Well, then you raise up a pastor from your midst. See, and and there I wondered. There I, I'm going to wonder aloud here on this particular show whether uh, Luther's dictum about uh, fathers not doing that is necessarily the best advice. You know, is there a place? I'll just ask it as a question. Is there a place in in dire, open-ended circumstances where there are no pastors, there are no traveling preachers coming through, there's nothing happening, it's you and your family, uh, do you then conclude that you have no Lord's Supper? Or can you become the pastor of your family, recognizing that if circumstances change, like the citizen's arrest, then the situation goes back to something different? Well, um, because there's no Luther, special Luther mojo does talk about the the father being the bishop of the family. Yeah, but never in the never in the context no, of the Lord's Supper, that. teaching the that. children, baptizing the children. If there are no pastors and there's no congregation, but I, you know, I I don't know. I think the important thing maybe to recognize is that this is not something that anybody just picks up arbitrarily and does. Yeah, um, I, I think of that. Uh, um, you know, Robinson Crusoe kind of situation where you're on a desert island all by yourself. No communion, I guess. <laughs> by yourself? Yeah. 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 Well, you just kind of... So you can't baptize yourself, so uh, that's that's the way so that So you're going is. to hell? No. didn't say that. What, what if you were born on a desert island and everybody else died and... and <laughs> Don't ask such questions. Then you have immediate <laughs> revelation Let of God, Jesus, God, God, God will figure that out. And, and if, you have, if you have any inkling of it, then you, you know what to do. <laughs> what, what, about, what about the guy up in Mongolia in 65 AD? What about him? No, what about we'll him? Just yes. well, let's let's, let's just... Let's, let's move on to something. We need to get a little Pentecost We've in. got two and a half minutes. We can do it. Okay, fire away. I will. I was going to talk about... I'm not about, sure how you're going to do this. But. I was going to talk about John and all the things Jesus said about the Holy Spirit and John. But I will say this. When the day of Pentecost had come, Pentecost means 50. That's 50 days after the Feast of Unleavened Bread. 50 days after the death and resurrection of Jesus, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like the rush of a mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire. Notice that it's not tongues of fire, as of fire. Period as of fire. fire. And distributed and resting on each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Pentecost was a twofold celebration. It was a celebration of the winter wheat harvest. And it was also a celebration of the giving of the Torah on Sinai. And so it's a combination of the harvest of the resurrection, you know, the, the first fruits, 3,000 baptized, believing, and it's also a celebration of the giving of Torah that is now the preaching of the gospel with Torah signs, fire, wind, just like Sinai. And Jesus said, you know, I will baptize you with the fire of the whole, with the wind, with the Holy Spirit and with fire, with wind, holy wind and fire. And so uh, in a sense, this is the completion of their baptism. They were probably all baptized by John and now they receive the baptism of the Spirit's wind and fire with the accompanying signs of languages being preached and heard in all the dialects and languages of the Mediterranean world. And uh, Peter says, this is the end, the last days, when the Lord pours out his Spirit on all flesh. That's a good place to end. That's a great place to end. This is the end. And the beginning. See you next time. When you gotta go, you gotta go. And there's a dream. Hey, where are the white women at? There's a wish and a prayer that every dream comes true. And now, till we meet again. Adios. A lot for the plan comes together.
say one more time. Shake it back! Does that feel good? Yeah, it rhymes. They're both verbs. It's awesome. Yeah, man, it really tied the room together. This was a value, dog. Yeah. Tied the room together, dude. Were you listening to the dude's story, Donnie? What? Were you listening to the dude's story? I was pulling. So you have no frame of reference here, Donnie. You're like a child who wanders in the middle of a movie and wants to know. Walter, what's the point? I like your style, dude. Good night. Stay thirsty, my friend.